Pala, you're an ambassador for your birth country, having represented Cyprus abroad on many occasions. At the turn of the century, you were one of the 23 priestesses and the only Cypriot woman selected to ignite the Olympic flame. Do you consider that critical moment as one of the most defining in your life? Going back to 2000, 2001, was the year when I graduated from the drama school of the National Theatre of Greece. My dance teacher and choreographer of the uh, ritual of the Olympics, Mrs. Maria Horse, uh, she's no longer with us, God bless her, uh, she came up to me and she said, I think now it's the time for you to become one of the priestesses. So we did ignite the flame at the sacred hill of Pnika, which is opposite Acropolis. So that was my first experience, rehearsing under the sun, 40 degrees, with a big smile, of course, and never moaning. But that's when I met all the girls and the team, and I felt so grateful. And it did not really hit me until 2004 that I was representing Cyprus. Because after that, we did the Winter Olympics for Salt Lake. So we went to ancient Olympia, to the monument of Pierre de Coubertin, where that is where the winter flame is ignited. The rehearsals, they start months ahead. For the Olympics of 2004, we started six months before. Mrs. Horse was always gathering us in a big circle, and she would talk to us to calm us down, to tell us that everything will be okay, that you've made it, or uh, you know, the rehearsals, they've gone great, and this is your moment, and you're representing Greece. But in 2004, she said something that it still brings tears to my eyes up to this day. She told us, Yeries, etimastite na sikosete tin eladas tusomusas. This time, priestesses, get ready to lift Greece on your shoulders. The actual ritual of getting the light from the sun and igniting the Olympic torch is only seen live only by the heads of the states. And it's around 100, 150 people with their guards. And that was a very significant day for Cyprus as well, because when they said Hagilamri Paola from Cyprus, immediately the journalists in Cyprus, they arrived at my parents' house, knocking on the door to see who this girl was and what was she doing there. And by the time the whole ritual finished, our phones were ringing, people wanted to interview me, people were asking me about the ritual and how I got there, and it's a great honor. And that's when, when they named me the Daughter of Cyprus. In 2018, you stunned audiences with your portrayal as Melina Mercuri in the theatrical production Melina, the Last Greek Goddess. A New York reporter commented that your performance was intense and powerful and you embodied what it meant to be a defiant, strong woman. What was it like stepping into Melina Mercuri's shoes for the role? If I have to uh, number the three most important things that I've done in my life, first would be giving birth to my son, Costandino, and then the Olympics, the flame, and then Melina, in this order. And what everything has in common is my love for Greece and not just Greece, but my love for what we call Hellas, which Hellenism has a larger, bigger meaning worldwide. For me, Melina represents everything that I stand for. And through Melina, I even found pieces of myself that I never believed I had. 
It was a great challenge to step into her shoes because she was not only a successful actress, but she was also the first Minister of Culture of Greece. She fought the dictatorship. She was a persona that the New York Times mentioned more times than Elizabeth Taylor. And her big win was that she was walking in New York and they were calling her by her name, not with a name and a surname, but she was Melina for everybody. And the best part was that although she had offers to go to Hollywood and make Hollywood movies, she refused. And she said, no, I'm not gonna let you to vanish me, who I represent Greece, in your little Hollywood world. She knew exactly what she was doing. And um, she has my full respect. I felt so proud that I was sharing with the world who this woman was and what she did for Greece and for Cyprus as well because in 1974 Melina was here supporting the women. I will never forget the moment that I had the flag of Cyprus hidden under my chair. I'm gonna pull the flag out. I need to do it. I need to show them that Cyprus is here, that yeah, I'm doing Melina, but I need to show that Cyprus brought Melina here. So yes, that was one of the most empowering moments of my life and we're here on Broadway and we brought Greece to you. I felt so proud that Cyprus was like on the first step of the podium. I mean, among 130 countries for the first time ever. And then reading the, the critics, what the critics wrote, a lady that she was uh, writing on behalf of a British media, she did not mention the marbles of the Parthenon. She mentioned the whole play, but she did not mention the last bit of Melina, where she is asking for the Parthenon marbles to be returned back to Greece. Whereas another gentleman that he was uh, writing on behalf of uh, an American uh, newspaper, he spoke in detail about everything. All the chapters of Melina, Melina when, was, when she was young, Melina when she was doing her um, uh, career, when she met Gilda Sen, uh, because the play covers seven chapters of, of Melina's life. The minute she became a minister of culture, when she was fighting the dictatorship, when she was fighting for the marbles. So, I mean, it, it's quite fascinating to wake up and say, right, for two years we were working on this project. People at our home in Cyprus, they watched it. People in Greece watched it. Among them, the brother of Melina Mercuri, who is no longer with us. And I had the honor to meet Spiro Mercuri. I had the honor to go to Melina's house, to sit on her chair, to open her files, to see her personal handwritings and hear stories from Spiro and he, he shared with me and said Paula when we were younger and she was going to audition for the drama school and our parents wouldn't allow her we would go upstairs in the attic and I would keep you know track of the lines and I would you know help her to learn her lines so she could go and audition because that was Melina and you know what Melina wanted Melina got you couldn't stop her so it was it was amazing and it was a great honor for me that Spiro Mercuri came to watch the show and it was such a relief when he stood up in the theater and he said that you know she's not only you know performing as Melina she is Melina 
and he told me that you don't just look like her, but you also sound like her. Your latest production, Tears of Silence, based on the novel by Aria Socrates, is a challenging role that will see you playing three female characters who are victims of human trafficking and abuse. Tell us about that. I like picking up characters that they're interesting, that they have something to say and share with the world, and especially when it's something that the world hasn't heard before. There were people that they had a different uh, mindset in regards to what Melina represented. And then when they watched the show, they changed what they were thinking. For Carlas, after I made a lot of research, I found a lot of interesting information. I thought, she's not that person that everybody thinks she is. There's more to that. I found the story that I wanted to reveal to the world uh, from her side. Tears of Silence uh, is based on the novel written by Aria Socratus, another talented Cypriot lady, very good friend of mine who lives in Florida. Aria uh, said that I have this book, it's called Tears of Silence. It's the stories of all these women that either they were trafficked or being abused. And how about doing it a monologue and you performing these three women that they're connected in a way which the audience will find in the end. How does Paula Hajilambri balance three aspects of her life? Award-winning actor, director of business development at a prestigious law firm, and more importantly, a mother. Being a mother is the greatest challenge, full-time challenge, especially when you have a son uh, who's 10 years old, God bless him, Costandinos, and um, he's always on the run. So he's a very happy boy. And my target was always to teach him that mommy is here, but mommy works. And mommy does a lot of things, but if mommy's away and you cannot travel with mommy, you still have your granddad, your grandma, your godfather, who's my brother, and I have a whole support system around him. Besides the support system that I have coming from my family, I have a great support system from the law firm that I work. Because when Saba Savidi's um, made the proposal to work for them, for the company as Director of Business Development, my first question was, um, because you're a prestigious law firm, will I be allowed to perform? Because maybe, I don't know, maybe you wouldn't like that, you know. And he said, not only we wouldn't like that, but we would like to support it because you go and you represent our country abroad. So it's a great honor for us. Putting down all my knowledge, coming from acting and theater and from TV and media, I put together this little book that gives step-by-step, step, let's say some guidance, advice, to all these people that they need to sit in front of the camera and sell their product or they need to do a presentation uh, with like very clear steps. What helps me in every decision, in every step I take, is that I always tell myself, remember who you are, where you started from, and who your parents are. Because that keeps my feet stuck on the ground, and I see things clearly, and I'm a simple human being, <laughs> but I love life, I love what I do, I'm passionate about anything that comes along on my way, and I have the opportunity to create or to help other people, and I'm just gonna do it.